welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the program. You do know, like I don't tell you every single program, that we're here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. The broadcast podcasts are available on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and a bunch of other folks are rebooting or reposting our interviews. Thank you, thank you. And now we are on the YouTube channel. Just uh, go to YouTube and type in Richard Dugan, and you will find our channel where we are posting these programs. These, um, they call them broadcasts, podcasts, what is it, a vodcast now? I, I don't know. Or a vidcast. Maybe it's a vidcast. Maybe that's what it is. I'm still learning the term. Look, I'm 60. I'm, I'm, I'm not supposed to know this stuff, but I'm going to learn it whether you like it or not. I also want to remind you that um, we are going to be giving you our guest website here shortly so that you can continue your evolutionary process. You can begin to understand more of what our guest is talking about, and we hope that you will do just that by going to their website. And uh, we also encourage you, if you're able to do so, we'd greatly appreciate any financial support you can give us. We have PayPal and Patreon accounts for your security as well as ours. And uh, also, we want you to participate in something that uh, we have been promoting for over a year and a half. The 2020s, the year or decade, I should say, the decade of perfect vision. We want you to spend time going within, getting in touch with that still small voice that is going to support you, that's going to encourage you, that's going to assist you in getting through from day to day, in addition, of course, to the guests that we have on this program. And we hope that you will do just that. Uh, go to uh, uh, that still small place and get that peaceful, calm uh, situation that you we all need to find that place if you're just sitting in nature if you're just sitting quietly in your bedroom or your living room and just listening to the sounds of nature outside uh, and so forth and so on so please take that time to do so today we are going to talk about something that I've never experienced before in my life I have no clue as to what this woman's talking about because I have never experienced well Maybe a little anxiety here and there. It's been it's been a little frightening the last six, seven, eight, nine months or years or decades. All I know is we all go through it. And we're all going through it, as they say, together. We're all connected, whether you like it or not. And um, uh, Elka, thank you so much for joining us here on the program. My guest is uh, Elka, and it's uh, Schultz. Uh, thank you for yes. being here. Thank you. I'm super thrilled to be here. Anxiety warrior. Do we get to wear the uh, metal bracelets and carry the sword and the shield and, and wear the, well, for guys, it'd be a short skirt, but needless to say, I guess that's a Roman attire. Um, the, the, the anxiety warrior. I, I know that we've had, uh, Neil, uh, was it uh, Walsh who wrote uh, the, the, the peaceful warrior? I think that was him. Uh, and we've had all kinds of different warriors. What is an anxiety warrior? An anxiety warrior is uh, somebody, and we're not talking about battle and uh, casualties or anything like that. We're talking about management, um, overcoming, empowering, that type of warrior archetype. Okay. So it is really um, an acknowledgement 
that we do feel the way we do from time to time, happy, sad, fearful, anxious, joyous, blissful, in the zone. That's my favorite. I would say for most people, that's their favorite place to be. There's no anxiety or fear there. You know, what's interesting, though, is there's also, and this may sound kind of strange to some folks, there really isn't any joy in the zone. You're just, you're just there. And things are just happening. It's when you finish whatever it is you're doing, whether you're a sports, uh, an athlete, or you're a carpenter, or, or I'm doing interviews, and I've been in the zone, and I get out the other side, and it's like, wow, that was pretty cool. And then I feel, you know, that's when you feel really good, when you've come out the other side of that wonderful place of being in the zone. Uh, would you say that for some folks, there is a zone that they unfortunately have been in for maybe quite some time, maybe even before uh, the pandemic was declared, uh, called anxiety. And, and you know, that, zone, that zone that you're speaking of, so many times we, we take stress or anxiety or, or however you're feeling that, and I'm going to call it an unpleasant feeling, mm-hmm. we, we want to push it away. And I would invite you to bring it in. And uh, by bringing it in, it's an opportunity and we can gain some understanding. What is it trying to tell us? What is that feeling trying to tell us? And if we can zone into it, as you say, quiet ourselves, be aware, it's going to give us clues. And hopefully today um, we can share some, I can share some clues. Well, I think that's a good thing. And, and, I would say that probably this time, as well as others in the past, and I know I've been through it, oh my gosh, I've been through it more times than I want to even think about, Uh, but the anxiety, and it's probably the biggest issue that people deal with in their lives as they're growing up and everything and and becoming adults and what have you, the anxiety over money. Well, uh, we can have uh, anxiety over so many things. And and just to, to know, too, when I do uh, talks, a lot of people ask, is anxiety and stress, like, what's the difference? Are they the same? Ah. I think what we want to do is look at that unpleasant feeling, and it can show up in so many ways. It can show up as butterflies. It can show up as um, heart pain. It can show up as shaking. It can show up as headaches. There's so many ways that our physical body, our mental body, our emotional body feels this unpleasant feeling. And um, yeah, so there are ways to manage it. And uh, and when you come out of it, yeah, it can be quite a zone. But those, we'll call them symptoms that you just described. If one does not find their way out of that particular zone, we'll go ahead and use that word. Um, it can actually generate even more dis-ease in the body that's going to take a lot longer than just changing one's perspective or mind and what have you, right? Right. And and it can get worse. That's true. And I think our tendency is to push away the unpleasant. And if we can bring it in sooner, as soon as we feel that uh, and start looking at, you know, what's that checklist? What is it? need to do and anxiety has 11 layers and that can make it a bit mystifying because we might think okay you know we got the test results or we've moved into the new home or job then we should be feeling better but perhaps there's other areas that we haven't looked at and um, if we can look at a few of these areas and do a checklist 
we can quickly uh, lower anxiety and manage it for sure. Uh, okay. It's, <laughs> it sounds like we're talking about an onion here because of, there sometimes, are 11 layers. Sometimes, sometimes it can be. And, and so one of the layers, I call it substance. It, it can be as simple as water. And if we're not drinking enough water, I've got some here. Ah. If we're not drinking enough water, our brain will send to the body anxiety-like symptoms. And uh, that could, you know, make it um, uh, anxiety or whatever your stress is, it'll make it worse. And so drinking a, a little bit of water can certainly uh, either take away the anxiety or lower it by quite a bit. And uh, one of the clues is if you're waking up in the morning with anxiety right away, most of the time it's because you're dehydrated because you've been sweating all night. Uh-huh. Okay. Good. So that doesn't have to be such a big thing or, or right. so complicated. And that would be the first layer for sure is look at what you put into your body. Tell me about, uh, let's talk about the scale of anxiety. Certainly we, we all experience it for lots of different reasons. We could just be on the freeway and all of a sudden we just are aware someone's going to do something up here. I just have this feeling. And all of a sudden you start to back off and they do it. And there's, there's a little tension there. There's a little anxiety, uh, but it goes away because that condition is no longer there. Right. Uh, all the way up to situations, let's just say one's finances. They were laid off because of the parent pandemic and, and uh, unemployment is running out and on and the list goes on and on. And that is ongoing anxiety. Um, I have heard it said, correct me if I'm wrong, that we may be dealing with this issue of anxiety in our population for years to come. Uh, it's not something that's going to you're going to snap your fingers. It's going to go away. What about this? Right. Let's, is, that, is that a fair assessment of the two ends of the scale? Yes and no. Uh, and, and it's interesting when you mention that. <laughs> Do you like those answers? I, 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 you know what? When I get those from a guest, it's like, I love the clarity here. <laughs> go ahead, please. Go ahead. Well, what I like about what you said about the scale, and I use a zero to 10 scale. Okay. So zero is your calm, chill, no body disturbance. 10 is I can't put a thought together. My brain is short circuiting, or maybe it's just blank. Uh, sometimes our anxiety, we just, where there's nothing up there happening. Uh, it can be that acute and stand in the way. And what's so important is to understand our scale. And, and what you said, it fits in with that layer. So if I'm dehydrated, that may move up my scale, but I can also lower that scale. And, and like you said, financial, if that's hovering, then that is going to contribute to that scale rising up. And um, one of the things that, that we need to look at, and, and it's come up so many times, is what's on our plate. And, you know, we've got isolation and um, all these things going on in the world. And if there's finances on top of that, and perhaps there's diet issues for you, well, you could be running at a, um, a 7, 8, 9, 10 regularly. However, there's a lot of things we can do that we have control of that we can lower that scale and um, make better choices around the finances, whatever is coming on our plate, uh, be more resilient as well. I have a sort of a multi-layered question here. 
Um, are the uh, well, I, I'm kind of playing the same game you are with yes and no, okay? <laughs> Agreed. I love it. <laughs> um, we're talking about anxiety. You mentioned stress. There's also fear. What are the differences, the similarities, and or the connection between those three in particular? Absolutely. And, and I can even add to that. <laughs> I bet you can. So, yeah. So fear, I, I live up in Muskoka. It's a couple of hours uh, north of Toronto. So I, I've got six acres and lots of uh, woods behind me. And I've been chased by a skunk for no reason. And uh, that's fear. The skunk was growling, thumping and chasing me. So when we're getting chased by an animal and it, that could have been a bear or, or something else, that's fear. We need fear for survival. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, um, we would die as humans. So we need we need fear. Uh, and that is real. Now, uh, anxiety, a lot of times is anticipatory. So that would be me being anxious or nervous about going on that same trail. And I was for the first little while, because I thought, Oh, no, that skunk. Why did it come out of the woods and chase me? And um, so it's anticipatory. So I'm anticipating being chased. And that is uh, a, a clue as well about anxiety. And that's why it's an opportunity because it's tapping us on the shoulder and saying, hey, we've got to pay attention to something. And uh, we can discover what that something is. And then we have worry, which is, um, uh, it comes from the English uh, word rigon, which means to strangle. Ooh. And worry thoughts are uh, looping thoughts and uh, they can even become obsessive. And that creates another stress and anxiety. So worry is, um, and there's different exercises around that. And all these cause stress. Mm -hmm. So does the stress cause anxiety or does anxiety cause stress? <laughs> you know what? I'm not sure it really matters. And um, I think it's that we need to really know what's going on with our bodies. We really need to know ourselves. And that's why these strategies, some of them may work for you and somebody else something else may work better. And it's really important to understand your body. And I think that's what you, you do here. So we're kind of talking chicken and the egg here kind of deal. Uh, Sometimes with it doesn't, the stress and the yeah. anxiety, absolutely. Yeah. They both exist, so just deal with it <laughs> kind of thing. Well, yeah, and, and how do we deal with it? Like right now, I know, you know, I have a happy stress because I love sharing this work and I love doing this work. And um, so it's like, yeah, I'm not a, a zero and I don't want to be because I'm excited and passionate. And and I think um, yeah. it sounds like that for you, too. And so it's like, OK, how do we how do we turn it around? How do we make this into an opportunity? You know, it's it's very interesting to to discuss this particular subject, uh, maybe at this time, but it would be appropriate regardless. I've lived in Southern California or Central California for 14 years. Before that, I lived in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I was there for 46 years. Nice. And um, couldn't wait to get out of there because of the heat, you know. And uh, after I was here for a few years, I thought, wait a minute. I think I just jumped from the frying pan into the fire, almost literally, with the, the one wildfire after another. Right. And I remember... Uh, this goes to a point of um, maybe one of the techniques that you talk about. 
the first fire I saw in 2006, it was June. I was out on the porch of our home looking to the north, and there was this tiny little itty-bitty puff of smoke way off in the distance. I did not know how far, had no points of reference. I freaked out. I go, oh, my God, there's a fire. And as subsequent fires came along, the next year, it was in the summer, uh, one that lasted a month. And on one Sunday evening, we're looking out the same window, the same porch, and tiny little flecks of light in the evening. You could see the fire was way off in the distance. One week later, we went from a balcony view to almost a front row seat. It had come that far. The one thing that I have learned in the 14 years living here, and it has, it has really helped, number one is, is certainly being prepared, is creating the network, having sufficient information. And that seems to me to be at least uh, a, um, a, a helper to subside the anxiety or the fear when you have information and you have something to do that you're not expending that energy being fearful, just sitting there and marinating in it. You're taking that energy now and you're actually being productive and doing something with it. And that's, that's a whole lot more healthy. Do you think that, that one of the keys is uh, that information can actually help uh, in, in, in these kinds of situations? Absolutely. And I write about that in the book is, is when you can understand anxiety if you understand where it comes from if you can understand what it is absolutely i've had people after a talk just go wow all this just lowered my anxiety by by three or four points like right away because they understood it see there people have i have a private practice and people come in and they think something's wrong with them and and no nothing is wrong with them if you're not sleeping if you've got all these things on your plate yeah, that's going to create anxiety for me too. <laughs> so, you know, and then they sit there and they go, oh, oh, so nothing's wrong with me. No, nothing is wrong with you. And 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 you're right, this understanding and, and when we have tools and then we can do something about it, we can move through it and not have to uh, suffer in it um, because we don't know what to do or we think something's wrong with us and um, you know, so many times little children think something's wrong. They think something is wrong and, yeah. and there isn't something wrong. They're just, they're all so anxious or they're worried. Um, and when they understand it's very quick for them, they're, they're like, yay, you be free. I'm free. Yeah. <laughs> and away they go. And they have the, the capacity. This is quite an incredible, uh, aspect of, of being a child, the great capacity to, fall down and hurt themselves and within seconds if not a minute or two they're up running around playing again because they feel it they experience it let it go and move on but right somehow you just you've just named something is presence and that's actually a strategy is being so present and i think anxiety as much as it can tap us on the shoulder and say, hey, let's pay attention to something. As soon as we do, pretty much most of the time, whoosh, it's gone. And because we've acknowledged it and we've done something about it and we're present. Because right now, when, you know, right now we're doing a show 
everything is perfect right now. Yeah. We're being present. And that's what is, is so lovely about children is sure they, they they get up and they go wow the sun's shining hey let's go play or there's a mud puddle yay let's go jump in it they're so present and i think we can learn from that for sure as a strategy uh, to manage our own anxiety i'd even have to say Absolutely. that when i was uh, with my brother and neighbors building forts in our backyard and we're talking about wood forts with nails and hammers uh and we'd walk around barefoot and yeah we'd step on a nail from time to time and it would last for a couple of minutes you know pull the nail out and you know do what you need to do and then we would move on continue building the fort you know hoping we didn't get tetanus or something uh because the fort was the focal point focus of of our attention uh mindfulness that seems to be a a real big buzzword these days being mindful but you're saying the same thing though aren't you mindfulness is being present in this present moment absolutely and and richard one of the things i I, two words if people can get two words out of what we're doing today is awareness which is mindfulness and practice and our bodies are our barometers they're they're not going to lie to us and uh, i would encourage you to trust your body as much as you can your body's going to let you know and that's what it's doing with anxiety so if you can bring it as a bring it in and say, thank you. Thank you, body, for giving me anxiety because you're trying to tell me something. That's being mindful and present. And as soon as we do that, right away, what I've noticed is the anxiety already drops because we've acknowledged it or listening. And then we can start going through the checklist and, and say, okay, what's going on in my life? What do I, what do I need to attend to? And yeah, so mindfulness is, um, it's key. And I think no matter what is happening in our world, is we have that choice to be aware and mindful. How and why is the subject of anxiety important enough to you that you would devote so much of your life's purpose to this? (laughs) Well, that's a big, big question, Richard. I have suffered from anxiety uh, my whole life. I, I, uh, as a child, I had migraines and flu symptoms before big projects and tests. I was the kid in the back of the classroom. If someone else got in trouble, I'd be quietly crying by myself, even though it wasn't me. As a teenager, I stuttered and I, I thought it was because I didn't understand the English language and um, I do have a very mild dyslexia. And as an early adult, I thought really something was wrong with me and I was hiding this big, big secret. And it, and it was torture for me. I, uh, I write about a few stories in the book that are, are very close uh, and um, vulnerable. And then as an adult, and, and still I didn't understand that that's something that I, I suffered from. And when I, when I finally had a name for it, it gave me something to grasp onto. And uh, fast forward to going back to school, becoming a registered psychotherapist. I have a master's. I didn't think I I could ever do university. Uh, Again, it was um, because of my anxiety. I didn't have that support. And so for me, my, my life's passion is if I can make somebody's life easier and enrich someone's life, that means everything to me. And, um, 
And yeah, I do that with my clients and I love to speak publicly. I never thought I ever would do that in my whole life, though I'm so passionate about this. And I think it's important we talk about it. The more we understand it and talk about it, I think we can uh, manage it and, and not feel so anxious, especially in the world around us and, and what we're hearing and experiencing. So yeah, I'm I'm... I'm so in and so passionate about it. And the other cool thing is I really believe that we can thrive and we deserve to thrive. And that's what my life is. I, I feel like I'm living proof of my own experiment. Well, let me, let me just um, ask you uh, uh, to, to describe some of the steps that you would have people go through to begin the process of relieving anxiety. Uh, do you mean like the checklist? Yes. Yeah. So the first checklist is, you know, what have I put in my system? What have I actually put into my body? And uh, is that caffeine, sugar, alcohol, cigarettes, all those things deplete my body of water? And am I dehydrated? Have I been sweating? And I need to replenish my body uh, with water. So that would be the first, first thing. Then, then, uh, looking at, you know, has it affected my sleep is, uh, the next, uh, checklist. Am I doing enough exercise? Am I getting enough fresh air, getting those endorphins going? That definitely is on the checklist. And then the next thing for sure is what is on my plate right now. And, uh, you mentioned finances before, um, you've mentioned fires, uh, you've mentioned, um, you know, isolation and, and uh, the things that are happening in the world. What's on my plate? What is it that I have to address? So, so that checklist keeps uh, moving down. And, and sometimes, um, you know, if, if you're waiting for a test result, um, for whether it's a health test result or, or a job or whatever, that alone can stop us from sleeping and create anxiety. However, we also know that's over in a few days or maybe a week. And um, we can tolerate that. We can pull up our sleeves and say, okay, maybe I'm just going to be a little restless for, for a few days. Um, so that's, that's uh, part of that checklist. Well, I'll tell you, the, the process that we all need to learn you're talking about here and our, our, our guest here on the program today uh, is helping us to become, as she refers to them, anxiety warriors. Elke uh, Schultz, is that correct, Schultz? Yeah, Elka, yeah. Elka Schultz uh, is our guest here on the program. want to let you know that that's the website you're going to go to, elkaschultz.com. That's E-L-K-E-S-C-H-O-L-T, I'm sorry, S-C-H-O-L-Z dot com. Now, again, that's E-L-K-E-S-C-H-O-L-Z dot com. And again, it's the anxiety warrior. And it's one of those areas in our lives that is not, it just doesn't seem like it's going to go away. Sometimes, as you said, you break out into a cold sweat and you... Uh, have all of these other stomach issues and digestive problems and on and on and on. And you just ask yourself, when is this going to end? And it seems like we sometimes make the same choices over and over again, wind up in the same place, maybe every four or five or six or seven years. 
<clears throat> and or more. And it's like, what is it? Why I can't seem to break this cycle. What's going on? What about mm-hmm. that aspect of living our lives and then repeating? And it's like, I, I thought I learned that lesson. And, and yet here I am again in the exact, exact same spot. I'm not sure if it is. And, and I think with, if it's pertaining to anxiety, I think it's part of our, well, I know it's part of our human humanness, our human spectrum. It's who we are. We're not this unfeeling amoeba and, um, we're not a rock or a tree. We're human beings with feelings and uh, we just are. And everybody's going to be different in every situation. And life, what I've noticed, and I don't know for you, Richard, but um, it doesn't seem to go just smooth. It, it, it's these waves yeah. of, um, yeah, we're, we're going merrily along. And, and um, you know, somebody said, if you were feeling joy, we can rest that's our rest time. It's, it's, um, we've done our work so we can enjoy that. And when we're feeling unpleasant, that's when we have some work to do and we need to explore what those clues are. And my mentor, a good mentor of mine, he welcomes the unpleasant. I'm, I'm not there yet. (laughs) And, uh, I don't welcome it. However, what I have learned to, to, to say, okay, um, I bring it in. And the difference in my life is, and, and what you'll notice too, is those unpleasant uh, sensations are much shorter. And instead of uh, being overcome with whether it's anxiety or anger or worry or grief, instead of that being hours and days and weeks, it becomes moments. And, um, and when we understand that, you know, okay, I'm just having this moment right now and, and it, it is going to pass and I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. It diff- it's different. It changes, especially, yeah, it changes and it, um, it becomes manageable. So I, I don't expect, and I, and I do mention this uh, in the book, is I don't expect to have an anxiety-free life, mm-hmm. um, though I, I do expect to thrive and, and I think we all, it's, life is a gift and um, we deserve to thrive. Absolutely. Uh, that's what we are striving for. We want to move from survival, as I say, to thrival. I used to think I right. created that nice. word and then I looked it up and it was in the dictionary. And that's okay. Thrival? <laughs> thrival is actually in the dictionary. Nice. Nice word. Um, there are times when we are in the middle of something, okay? And suddenly we may get some new information. And it, it, it changes, immediately changes our attitude. There's a line in a song I, I love a lot, and the line goes... Um, changes somehow frighten me. Still, I have to smile. It turns me on to think of growing old. Well, as a kid growing up, and even as a teenager, I kind of thought that too, although I didn't think too much about change. And then some years after that, in, in my early adulthood, uh, I was asked to read a book entitled uh, Who Moved the Cheese? Mandatory reading by the boss, so I read it, and I took it back, and I gave it back to him, and I said, I don't have a problem with people moving the cheese. Just tell me, 
where you moved it to. That's all I want to know. <laughs> and um, using that analogy, it's like, okay, I've been through the, this scenario as I was describing before. Time and time and time again, it's like, I, I'm sick and tired of this. How do I get out of this? And wondering, are, are these sometimes these patterns that, that are so ingrained that it's next to impossible and that we just better expect that these will happen? Or are there techniques that you can give people to help them to recognize that, you know, you've been here before, not just specifically anxiety, but the cause of the anxiety or what okay. we're allowing to cause the anxiety okay. so that we can shift to a different direction and, and, and get out of that cycle because okay. we're unhappy in it at the present moment. And uh, we felt it before over and over again. And it's just very frustrating. I think, I, I think I'm hearing you and it, I wonder, so my wonder is, that underneath that is there a belief system is there a belief uh that is underlying uh getting into this place that feels um like it's a pattern like we're not getting out of something and i i'm i would i'd want to explore that and invite you to explore it more as to is it something that you've learned uh, did someone tell you, um, you know, life is difficult? Did someone tell you you weren't worthy or not good enough? Did someone tell you you had to work hard for the things you love? I would wonder if there is that underlying and belief. And um, that takes a, that would take a little bit of digging. Um, am I on the right path? Is yeah. that what you're? I think you're that's yeah. Okay. I think you're you're yeah. Uh, I think it's those messages that we've gotten and even the patterns we may have even started as a young person. We didn't even realize what we were setting ourselves up for. Well, and yeah, and not to be critical of, of parents or teachers or neighbors or, or any elder that we have in our life is our humanness. We're, we're programmed to absorb everything without filters from about six and under. And there's a reason for that. Um, to uh, so we absorb these uh, belief systems because we want to belong to the tribe, and yeah. we want to fit in. And what happens is we have learned these without filters, and uh, you know we can forgive ourselves because we were just little children, and also uh, perhaps forgive our families and our culture. And you know we also have the media. Uh, we're always three purchases away from happiness. We're, we're only going to be happy if we get something or, or have something else. I mean, it's, we're getting that all the time. And if we can sit back and, and come back to your mindfulness and your awareness and, and explore back, where are we getting these ideas from? Where are we getting the patterns from? We weren't born with them. And uh, as a psychotherapist, I also call myself a bit of a detective. So can I invite you to be a detective to, to explore where did this come from? Where did it begin? Where did the pattern begin? And um, that's when we get the clues of how to get out. 
Well, that's something maybe we'll pursue uh, uh, off air. <laughs> uh, it's really uh, it's really perplexing because um, uh, I've been uh, I've been living my life. I'm 60 now, uh, thinking that okay, I've I, I've arrived so to speak, and I should have it all together. And I turn around and why is this here again? You know, uh, what 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 is the point? You know, what is the lesson that I'm supposed, cause I didn't get it the first time and apparently I didn't get it the second time and I swore I wouldn't do it a third time. And yet here I am again. And well, one of the things is um, here's some key, key words that kind of will give us some clues is if we feel, and I'm going to emphasize the word, if we feel we must do something, if we feel we should or should not do something, that's very cognitive. So what I mean is that we're thinking in our heads and usually there's a belief that's connected with that and it goes against our bodies. Um, I invite people, I would invite you to come back to your body because your body is your natural barometer. It's not lying to you. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to believe me. You don't have to believe anybody. The only thing you've got to believe and trust is your own body. Your body will not lie yeah. about anything, whether it's what you're wearing today, whether it's what time to have a Zoom appointment, whether it's which way to turn in traffic. Your body's not going to lie. So if we can trust our bodies more, it will help us out of these patterns. And, and again, if you can see the pattern, and, and I have a little thing that I say, it's only a pattern when it's a pattern. We only see when we can see. So how are we going to know until it's a pattern that it's a pattern? We won't know the first time. We won't know the second time. We only know the third time. Oh, my gosh, we've done it. It's a pattern. So, uh, you know, can we be kind to ourselves and come back to our bodies, come back to that yeah. body awareness? Yeah. We're talking with Elka Scholz, and she's talking about the anxiety warrior, uh, something that uh, we all could become, so to speak, uh, if we would just allow ourselves to make that shift. Um, and uh, we encourage you to go to our website, uh, elkascholz.com, E-L-K-E-S-C-H. OLZ.com, and uh, you can get more information about the work that she's doing about the anxious warrior. You hold uh, before the pandemic, did you hold uh, uh, workshops or seminars with groups of people who, when they would come in, everybody was happy and jovial, and then you started getting into the meat of it, and you could see you could see the change in the room. Actually, it's the opposite. Opposite way. Okay. They come yeah. in anxious. And so uh, what, I, what I do when I do a workshop or public speaking, I ask people right away the zero to 10 scale, and I ask them to keep it to themselves. And uh, so what I do is ask them for that number and that they just remember the number. And at the end of the talk, we usually go through uh, some information, this, the layers and some strategies and of course, opening it up to questions, uh, because really people have their own questions that they want to bring bring forward. And by the end of the hour, I'll ask uh, if they've lowered their anxiety and, and people, it's been unanimous that it's the opposite. They, they've lowered it considerably. 
And I, I always see it a, a success. If we can lower our anxiety by half a point in an hour, that's a success. Though when someone comes up and says, you know, they've lowered it uh, two, three, four points, just because of some understanding and some strategies, that's a huge success. Yeah. So yeah, it's the opposite. They're happier when they leave. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah. And how long have you been dealing with this issue of anxiety and working with people? Well, I've been working with my own anxiety <laughs> since I was born. <laughs> um, and um, uh, professionally, I've, I've uh, over 30 years, I've been working with people. It's been quite a journey. I've, I've um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a story. And, and I've had some really great teachers, which I honor very much because, um, and there were high school teachers. I, I was on a, on not a good path as a child and pretty depressed and um, um, pretty dark. And these teachers, uh, they brought some great skills and I didn't realize till professionally that um, I would think, why am I doing this in circle and how, why am I facilitating this way? It's because of the two of them. They were, they were quite incredible. I've had some great teachers. Mm. Well, I'll tell you, we've had a lot of uh, wonderful teachers on this program uh, who have shared with our listeners the, the ins and outs of their particular uh, expertise. Um, there are times when I've, I, I look back at my, for example, my career in this business and, uh, all of the people I've met and all of the subjects that have been discussed and think, oh, I should have my PhD, <laughs> but I don't have a piece of paper showing that. And that's okay. Um, but it's just incredible. The, the level of um, not just the intellect, you know, but uh, and, and information and education, but also uh, the heart, if you will. And, and it's one of those things that, that you have to really have when you're going to help someone, especially here with anxiety. When, this, is, this is something that's major because the individual, they're going to have to deal with some very serious and in some cases extremely personal issues, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. And you mentioned something quite lovely, Richard, and that's heart. And as I was going through school, my teachers every, every single time said, you know, we're so connected. We're so connected as humans and, and we're much further. There's more to us than just, you know, this body here, but there's this connection that we have energetically. And, and they always encouraged us and said, you know, when we're, when you're sitting in the room with somebody, if we can slow down and really connect that we do have this inner wisdom that, that we can connect uh, with each other on this inner wisdom uh, with each other. And it's a co co learning inner wisdom for sure. And, and that connection is huge, especially actually always, always in our lives. And um, you know, how can we stay connected and, and be mm. aware of that too? Elka Scholz, my guest, we're talking about the Anxiety Warrior, and I want to thank you so much for giving us so much time here on the program. This is, again, I think it's a very important uh, subject. I don't want to say it's a serious subject because that may create some anxiety in and of itself, but it is. It is to a real extent because it tends to cripple us. It, it tends can. to stop us from doing those things that we know that we need to do. And in spite of what information might be coming in, you know, we may not hear it and then find the solution that will relieve us of that, that anxiety. Right. Yeah. True. 
I have three final questions for you, but before we uh, ask those, I want to remind our listeners that uh, you are listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. And this program is on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., 1 a.m. on sun- on Monday mornings. And then, of course, the bro- the podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, and a lot of other locations. Folks are reposting our interviews, too. Now on YouTube, the YouTube channel, which is Richard Dugan, and Tell Me Your Story. Please uh, check it out, and I think you'll enjoy it, as well as going to our guest's website, elkashoals.com. We'll be linked to your website as well, uh, Elka, so that people can uh, get more information about you and the work that you're doing and maybe connect with you and get a little support and help. Uh, first of the Absolutely. three, you bet. Uh, first of the three questions is, who is Elka Schultz? Who am I? Well, I am a, a registered psychotherapist, author, passionate mother, and um, pet owner, kayaker, hiker, lover of life. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? I hope that I can make uh, um, people's journey easier. My purpose is if I can make it a bit easier and smoother, uh, that would fulfill me. And and it does give me the greatest joy when people... um, yeah, can say that that this has helped, this information has helped, and I'm thrilled out of my mind. And finally, what is your life's purpose? My life's purpose is that I can help others. That's my life's purpose, my my legacy. I, I love sharing. I love doing what we're doing right now. And um, I would be happy doing that every day. <laughs> mm. Well, Elka, again... I thank you so much for sharing with us here on the program. And I thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story and watching uh, New Paradigms for a New World, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast podcast, love to lull.